Hey, dreamers. Okay, so for this episode, I'm going to do something a little bit different. This is the addendum to our most recent episode last week, the one about R.C. Henry and all of his shenanigans in the neighborhood that he moved into in 2001. In the Facebook group, I asked you guys if um, and if you had a personal experience with the horrible neighbor. And I wanted to share some of those stories in the episode itself. But as I had mentioned, it got a little bit long and I was sort of running out of time that day for the episode to get released somewhat on time. I tried, you know, usually I try to have them out on Tuesday morning, but I had mentioned that I had gone out of town over the weekend and I actually was surprised that I managed to get it out by Tuesday at all. But anyway... So the question I asked, did anyone want to share personal experience with a horrible neighbor? I said I was going to use 10 to 12 stories, but I think I'm going to try to go through all of your answers. And I'm just going to scroll through on Facebook and talk about some of the things that you guys had to say about your terrible neighbors. I want to thank you all for posting. I'm not going to edit this. Hold on. Ricky, you want me to spray you? Anyway, I'm not going to edit it. I'm just going to put it up as it is. So you can also kind of get an idea of what I go through and trying to record these things with the three dogs running around the house. Sometimes I try to record when somebody's here to take them in the room and sort of dog sit them for me. But everybody has gone this weekend. And so it's just me and the dogs and it's been pouring rain. So the dogs have been acting a little bit crazy. And I've actually been able to do a lot of recording this weekend. I have a surprise Patreon bonus coming up for you in just a couple of days for those of you who subscribe. And um, they've been pretty much sleeping most of the time that I've been recording. But right now they're sort of awake and I'm in the middle of doing laundry too. So I wanted to get this recorded while I wait for everything to dry. Okay. So the first comment came from Renee Carroll. She asked me a question. Does a death, a huge drug bust, and general asshattery count? Oh, and the upstairs neighbor going into the downstairs apartment via a boarded hole and stealing two TVs and rent money count? And my husband saw him and helped bust him. Our neighbors were one reason we moved from Pennsylvania. And I told Renee to tell me more about it. Well, she said, honestly, the whole house was a vortex of hell. The first troublesome neighbor stored their food and their baby's food out on the roof because they didn't have a fridge. It was fall, but not cold enough for that shit. They also left their dog up there for days with no food or water. They had moved and just left them. We could hear them cry. We called the Humane Society and they were saved. The next set of neighbors started out just parking in our yard when they moved in. Didn't ask, just parked two cars and a truck on our property. The upstairs neighbors were partiers and one night their friend got so messed up he must have fallen down the stairs. My husband was awake and watched them take the body out in a body bag in the morning. When they finally moved out two years later, there was still blood on the stairs and the wall. They moved out because the guy went to the basement, took down a board covering a hole to the downstairs apartment, 
and went into that apartment and stole the TVs and about $1,000 she had sitting out. Again, my husband watched him with the TVs and got involved when the police questioned him. The downstairs neighbor had a boyfriend who was in a huge drug bust. We woke up to about 10 trucks in our yard belonging to the ATF agents, and we never saw him again. And our last neighbor would just stand in the middle of the street and dance and sing just out of the blue. And then she said, I swear on Fred and my kitties, all this is true. And Tanya commented and said, just another Tuesday night, no big deal. OMG, all these things, glad they're not your neighbors anymore. And Renee said that she could probably write a book about her life. Maureen Whiteshock commented her neighborly problems. We were moving out of our house to sell it and moved in with our mother-in-law about five months prior to selling it. Turns out the neighbor guy was opening our gate to take his dog in to do his dog's business in our yard and just leave it there. The last mowing that my husband did was the discovery of this. Dude was a douchebag. Not surprised, but felt violated. And that's just wrong. As you know, I have three dogs. And when we got Fred, my daughter was like 13 or 14. And I really wanted to teach her about responsible dog ownership. And I made a really big deal about making sure to pick up after the dog that it's just rude and it's illegal. If you get caught, you can get a ticket. Dave Myers commented and said when he was younger, he was probably the horrible neighbor. And that is good to know. Melinda Clark said, I grew up with a neighbor who liked to stand in his backyard in his robe and to put it delicately, pleasure himself in plain view of everyone, especially her mom. She doesn't ever really recall seeing him in action, but who knows, she might have blocked it out. She does know that her mom on separate occasions has thrown hot coffee and the cup and all at him and asked, to, <laughs> and she asked to get her cup back. And she shot a shotgun at the ground between his feet when he sneered at her and said, you missed. And she told him, no, I hit exactly what I aimed for. Next time I'm going to aim higher. He escalated into creeping into their yard and her dad once caught him and proceeded to beat the crap out of him in our yard and broke his femur. The activity stopped at that point, And yes, the cops were called multiple times, but we couldn't prove anything. We also had a six foot block wall built between the houses. That's when he started creeping into our yard and would write signs to my mom saying things like, I liked your pink shirt yesterday, or do you always wipe off the kitchen faucet after doing dishes? After we built the wall, he would stand on something inside his house and hold the signs up so my mom could see them while she was doing dishes. We had a bay window that faced towards his house. Tanya again chimed in and said, what the hell, OMG? And Melinda Graff said, nope, can't top that. Lisa Bean said, holy shit, I would have burned his house down. Laughing, crying emoji. And Melinda said, Lisa, oh, trust me, I'm sure my parents felt the same way. They repeatedly called police. I think he was arrested once before the incident where my dad broke his femur, which, by the way, is very hard to do. And I can imagine, isn't that like the biggest bone in the body? 
Anyway, after that, he was arrested for trespassing with intent to cause mayhem. There were no stalking laws at the time. This was the late 80s. And he had to use a cane for the rest of his life because her dad jacked him up. And he would just stand in his front yard. And we referred to him as the weirdo next door. He did stop this crap after he came home from the last arrest, still in a wheelchair, and he died of natural causes, still living next door to us. I was grown and had moved out by then. Suzanne Robertson said, My neighbor in Seattle hated me because he thought the house that she was in should have been given to him by his mom, who she had bought it from. She has loads of stories about his Jack Wadness, but the worst was when she'd finally had enough and put the house up for sale. He would come up to the property line and tell the people looking that her basement flooded all the time, which it never had. She had lost three contracts. Either they believed him or recognized that he was a nutcase and probably didn't want to be living next door to that guy. And Jake Gareppi... I don't know how to say that last name. It's G-A-R-I-E-P-Y. You notice most of the time I avoid saying all of you guys' last names because I'm really not great at it. And I, I hate to offend people by not knowing how to say it. But I figured it's a last name that they've lived with for most of their lives, if not all of their lives. And so they're used to people butchering it all the time. So Sorry. One day I was moving. Oh, he has a great story. I remember reading this when he put his comment up. One day I was moving my sofa out of my house and was obviously struggling. A random stranger on a bike saw me and offered his help. As we moved the sofa, he admired it rather lavishly and went on and on about what a beautiful piece of furniture it was. And it really wasn't. He also kept hinting that he'd love to get one just like it for his girlfriend. Since I was going to donate it to Goodwill and was planning to call them to pick it up, I offered it to him. He just had to arrange to move it. He insisted that he pay me something for it. Despite my assurances that that wasn't necessary, he wouldn't let it go. Eventually, I said I'd take $10 for it. While he insisted it wasn't enough, he accepted and gave me $5. He'd come back in a couple of days with the other $5 and pick it up. Three weeks passed and he never came back. I decided to have it taken away as it seemed obvious he wasn't that interested. A few weeks later, he showed up at our front door demanding to know where his sofa was. I explained that I had waited and since he hadn't come back, I figured he wasn't interested. I wasn't upset at all. I just figured it was one of those things. No hard feelings. Well, he had some hard feelings. He paced back and forth on the porch, talking to himself, eventually lighting up a special cigarette. I guess you're talking about a joint. I was trying to be polite, a fault of mine in these situations. I tried to give him his $5 back, but he refused it, throwing it on the ground and thankfully leaving. What an asshole, huh? Throwing the money on the ground. A few days later, he confronted my wife as she was watering some plants on the porch. Thankfully, he kept his distance, but he told her how much he didn't like her. Okay, like what is this, middle school or something? And how bad it was of his, <laughs> how bad it was of us to give away his couch and letting her know that he'd been in prison several times for attempted murder. 
He also let her know that the reason he'd taken so long to come back in the first place was because he'd been in jail again. Of course, we called the police and they said there really wasn't much that they could do since he didn't make any direct threats. This went on for a couple of weeks and suddenly he disappeared. It seems he was back in jail for a longer stretch and then according to another neighbor who knew his sister, who lived just up the street, he'd moved in with his girlfriend in another part of town. Fast forward about 10 years and there I am moving another piece of furniture outside and who should ride up to my house on his bike? I kid you not. Only now he was more obviously out of his mind, his eyes intently focused, but at the same time kind of askew. He started going on about his recent discovery of God, the fact that he no longer took drugs while clearly under the influence of something, and then identifying every plant in my flower bed, particularly pointing out anything that might be deadly. It seems he'd been released from jail and was once again living with his sister who lived just up the street. Happily, there is no dramatic ending, and equally happily, he disappeared again. But I did do a little research, and he had been in prison twice for attempted murder and aggravated assault. I also regularly see him in posts on a site that shows local mugshots. While there is some amusement in this now, he was really a scary character, and my wife didn't feel safe for some time, and it was hard for me to leave for work each day. It is amazing how one person can totally out of the blue make you feel so unsafe in the one place you want to have as a refuge. Clara Lane said, We had a neighbor who used to cut our Christmas lights and follow me on dog walks literally inches behind me. She then started just staring into our house and following my children when they were out playing, staring at them and eating peelings from potatoes. She was abusive and insane. She sadly was our only neighbor for miles because we lived in the middle of nowhere. We moved in the end because of her. And following her post, there was a couple of comments ruminating about the eating of the potato skins, which we found pretty bizarre. So Laura Linares used to live in an ugly neighborhood where her neighbor thought that he was a big gangster. He didn't work and he just stayed at home and he had three old cars that he treated were like car of the year models. He lived in the back house and we had a driveway that would fit three cars. He went out of his way to park his two cars all the way back close to the curve and made sure that the parking spot in front of the house was for his third car, so we would need to park around the corner when we would get home from a day of work. He had two daughters. They weren't allowed to drive, but he was proud that they were both gang-affiliated. One time our house got raided because his older daughter's boyfriend and the other daughter got our house shot up at where one of their friends passed away on our front yard. They always made people believe that they lived in the front house, so we got the brunt of the drama if anyone wanted to look for them. The one daughter who got her friend killed then got pregnant and while pregnant dated this one crazy guy, not the father of the child, that got into a car accident with her in it. After he went to jail, she moved on to some other guy that also ended up getting killed and she had his car. 
I don't know how that went. Oh, and one time while my boyfriend, who I had told not to come around after dark, but wouldn't listen and almost got robbed by one of the daughter's friends. There was other stuff, but you get the idea. I moved out. Luckily, the house got sold, so my mom moved out after. They squatted for half a year from what I heard and then moved down the street because they didn't want to leave the hood. Crystal Sharer commented, do you want to hear about the time I walked out the door to swap running past or the one where I was harassed until I left? Oh, and there's also the one who used to look into my bedroom window. She didn't elaborate on her comments. So come back to Facebook and make a post of your own because we do want to hear all about it. Stacy Downing commented, I lived in the downstairs part of a duplex. The neighbors who had the upstairs were major partiers. I was only 21 at the time and I was working full-time days. They had parties almost every weeknight. Me being one to just always try and... Hi, Fred. His Fred hair is scratching up at my hair. He wants some attention. Let me see if I can pick him up and read this post here. Come here, Fred. Come here. Okay, Fred's in my lap now. Okay, so I lived in the downstairs part of a duplex and the neighbors upstairs were partiers. I was only 21 at the time and was working full-time days. They had parties almost every weeknight. Me being one to always try and keep the peace never said anything. One night I was in my living room watching TV, probably a crime show, of course. Yeah, me too, right? All I could see, oh, Fred just burped. I'm going to put him down. Okay. All I could see, these lights outside from behind the closed curtains, I looked out and the yard was covered with police and search dogs. They came to talk to me to see if I'd heard anything. I had heard some stomping around, but I hadn't thought anything of it since they'd always made a racket. Someone who had probably been at one of their parties broke in when they weren't home And she came home in the middle of them stealing their high-end stereo equipment and stabbed her and threw her down the stairs. Oh, my God. Poor thing came back from the hospital and came to my door to wait for our landlord, who was coming to fix the door and the lock that they had busted. I found a better-paying job and moved out within the month. Thank goodness, right? And Carol Laverty said she has videos and pics of the police standoff that happened with her neighbors across the street. Cops were posted up behind my vehicle and in the driveway, and they had to bring in this bear cat, one of those huge tank-looking things. And all this was because the roommate wouldn't pay the rent, so the homeowner got sick of it and shot the guy's TV. <laughs> and if you go to the post on Facebook, Carol has put up some of the pictures that she took from her window, and her window is very dirty. And she has asked us to try to ignore that, but I find that that is impossible. So Rebecca Jane, one of our admins, her neighbor reported her dog, aw, her dog Emma. She told the council that Emma looks really black and scary. That was her actual complaint. (laughs) And if you go to the post, you can see she posted a, picture of her big scary black dog so crystal nicole said hold up your dog was discriminated against 
And we all know that Labradors are some of the most docile dogs out there. And none of us believe for one second that Emma is scary just because she's big and black. Okay, so Mary Graff said she had neighbors that would leave their five kids all day in the summer, literally lock them out of the house from eight to four. I mean, that sounds really terrible. I don't have five kids, but I can imagine going crazy, having them in the house all summer. But then again, you have five kids. You got to do stuff with them, right? Their ages ranged from five to 14. The five-year-old was cognitively impaired and would often urinate on himself. And that's just so sad. My other neighbor and I would take turns keeping an eye on them and give them food and let them use the bathroom until the 14-year-old started stealing stuff. We tried with the youngest. We reported them a few times and the kids would disappear for a few days, but then they'd be right back outside. Antonio Litzinger, she said that's so sad in her opinion. CPS is useless. Seems like legitimate abuse and neglect situations are being ignored here. And I know that the CPS system is probably overwhelmed, hopefully with the kind of awareness that tends to happen when tragic things do occur, gets them to try to improve in the future. Wendy C. said her neighbor abducted her brother's best friend on his way home from school and assaulted him and left him in a ditch. God, Lisa Beans commented and said, please tell me that this shit stain went to prison. Wendy C. didn't answer, so hopefully he did because that is awful. That's the worst neighbor, I think, that we've heard thus far from these people. Antonia Litzinger said her first apartment, she had a married couple next door who were constantly fighting. It got so bad sometimes that our shared wall would move whenever he beat the hell out of her. One night, I thought she was going to come through the wall. The manager finally had enough and called police and was able to evict them. It was a nightmare. And on the final comment, which is kind of sad, comes from Angel Mays. And you might know her as one half of the podcasting team that hosts the Color Me Dead podcast. And she sadly says that she lives next door to her mentally unstable and toxic mother-in-law. And I'm really sorry to hear that. I have a decent mother-in-law myself. She lived very close for a long time. She moved um, about, uh, I think it was sometime in April to Las Vegas. And I've only seen her twice since she's moved. And you all are familiar with my situation with my own mom. And it's really hard to have those toxic people that are just right next door. I totally get it. But anyway, that was all of the comments about our neighbors. And I also want to thank you all for all of your feedback on the Ursie Henry episode. You guys really seem to enjoy that story, maybe for the fact that it gave you somewhat of an appreciation of your neighbor situation right now, that you feel lucky that you don't currently live next door to somebody that's difficult and or and or unstable and also the ending didn't really have a tragedy to it 
And I think some of you were sort of anticipating a tragedy. And it really sounded like that something was actually going to happen, something bad, like this whole thing was going to go really, really bad. But luckily it didn't. And like I said, as far as we all know, all has been quiet ever since Ursi Henry just kind of faded away. Anyway, I am going to get back to working on the Patreon bonus. It, I'll give you a hint. It has to do with the story. I asked a question about it earlier in the week. Um, it's a story that's been covered several times on other podcasts, but I'm trying to tell the story from somewhat of a different perspective because all of those other podcasts tend to focus on the one major tragic event that happened to the subject of the case. But there was so much more going on around the story. There's a lot of things that I learned. And there's a bizarre connection to a really huge internationally known famous missing persons case as well. So that's going to be on Patreon. Uh, if you subscribe, everyone who subscribes to Patreon will have access to it. And it's going to be multi-parts, at least two, possibly three. And they're all going to be put out at the same time. That's coming really soon. I also got to start getting going on the next episode in the regular feed, which I'm just going to say it now. It's probably going to be late because I'm a little bit busy at the beginning of next week. And like I said, I aim for Tuesdays, but consider yourself lucky if it comes out by Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Just, it's coming, okay? All right, I'm gonna go now. I'm gonna get this uploaded. Um, I hope you all had a really good Thanksgiving. Um, I did. I spent it with my daughter, and we went to the movies, and we ate some of our favorite foods. But for the most part, we just stayed in because it was pouring rain and just tried to stay warm and cuddle with our dogs and cats. All right, I'm going to go now. Thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys in a little bit. I'll see you on social media. You'll be hearing from me in the next upcoming episode very, very soon. I promise it's coming. I love you all and have a really great weekend. Until next time, sweet dreams.